Welcome to the Love Good Podcast brought to you by our patrons. This is Jimmy Mitchell, your host. Join me each week as I sit down with artists and thought leaders to chat about music, culture, and what we call the art of being human. You see, Love Good's more than a subscription company. We're a movement of artists and patrons who believe in the power of beauty to evangelize our culture. And we're so pumped you're here. Don't ask me how she convinced me, but today I'm sitting down with Marisol Alisay and we're having a whole conversation about dating. And here's the reality. All right. Our culture has lied to us about dating. There's no secret there. Okay. Today, Marisol and I, we really dive into it. We try to reverse these lies that we're told about love and really focus on the big, important questions about discerning marriage and dating and all the things that go with it. So very exciting. Yeah. I think it was at least once in season two of the podcast, maybe twice, that we had entire episodes dedicated to dating. And for some reason, whenever we send out our annual surveys, you guys always ask for more episodes like this. So I don't think I squirmed this time around. I don't think I I sounded nervous, although I have sounded nervous in the past. There's just so many ways to get dating wrong and a whole conversation about it can be a little bit dicey. But here we are today with Marisol, who don't forget, at this point, is only a few months away from getting married herself. So that comes with a, a certain level of expertise and certainly just experience and lots to learn from her, as always. Hope you enjoyed this conversation. Again, I'll be back with Marisol in just a moment. In the meantime, enjoy this beautiful song by Scott Mulvihill. It's called Morning by Morning. Of miracles, anything is possible. Show me how deep I can fall. I fall and fall and fall I love you morning by morning by morning I want you way better way on my shore I see the sunrise whenever you walk I love you morning by morning every day more Morning by morning every day more Marisol, welcome back. Welcome back to you. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We're kind of uh, co-hosts. Yes. Slash, you pretty much run the show. Uh. As of late, (laughs) let's be honest. I know. I think you have been probably, in terms of number of minutes on the air, probably more vocal on the Love Good podcast than I have been, at least for most of the last year. Yeah, because Artist interviews. Yeah, about three-fourths of the episodes. uh, No, two-fourths of the episodes I'm Mm -hmm. And two-fourths here, and that's half and half. Two-fourths. Three-fourths. I don't even know. <laughs> that's a funny way of saying it. But you've been a regular contributor now for at least a couple of seasons. Yeah. And especially this past year, year and a half, you've been conducting almost all of our artist interviews. So, Which has been so fun. Yeah, very exciting. Yeah. Here's a question for you. Uh-huh. We, we come in to these conversations with a bit of a plan. And, and a few weeks ago, we talked about dating. Well, we talked about talking about dating. Yeah, we talked about talking you know, about dating. Which is great. But if you didn't have to think about love good yeah. and the mission of evangelization through beauty, yeah. and you just had like your own little podcast, <laughs> what would you talk about? I don't think I would ever have my own little yes, podcast if I didn't have love good. It, it would probably be called Arise. Arise. I, I could see you having a pretty massive apostolate to young women. I mean, I know that's already sort of a huge part of your heart anyways. You mean like on the internet? 
Well, let's just say, let's just say there was a podcast with Marisol Alisaya. Okay. You have five seconds to decide what it's going to be called. Five, four, three, two, arise. Okay. It's just an idea. <laughs> and then let's say, you know, you were maybe sitting down with other women. I don't know. What, what would you talk about? Probably a lot of the same stuff we talk about, like prayer and life. And I would be nervous to have a podcast that I feel like you reined me in, which is good. But <laughs> I have a lot of like hot takes that I'm not really ready to share with the world. <laughs> can, you, can you give one that you are ready to share? No. Maybe. Give us an example. Things that are maybe a little more controversial, obviously. That's that's what you mean by hot take, like something that you yeah, really yeah, wouldn't yeah, want to yeah, 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 yeah. go on the record. No, I'm really, with. I'm thinking of many that I don't want to go on the record. So obviously, there's going to be some politics in that. Yeah. There's probably going to be some particular perspectives on just like the church and on culture. Yeah. And yeah, I, I here's hear one, and I just don't want to offend people, but my, my wedding hot take right now mm -hmm. is that if you're, I'm like literally not been stressed about my wedding at all, mm. which honestly is a blessing, and I don't want to attack any brides that are stressed. Like if you're stressed, that's fine, but I think that if your parents are really chill and you're really chill, you will not be stressed about your wedding. Mm -hmm, if mm -hmm. either of those things are not true, you will be stressed. Like you can yeah. be a really chill person, but if your parents are like stressful, yeah, you will be stressed. Why do people get so worked up about the day? Just the day itself. Okay, honestly, it's really hard though because you're like, it's so hard. Like I have to constantly break myself out because everyone's telling you all the time, this is about you. This is your day. Like it should be exactly how you want it. And that's actually a lot of pressure mm. and actually so much temptation to be absolutely selfish. Yeah, And I noticed that like, and not even selfish, but just like looking at myself a lot. Vanity, so like, yeah. I noticed like a couple weeks ago, I had two showers in one weekend and it was so beautiful. I was felt so loved. But the whole time is just about me and me and me and me. And I was just talking about myself the whole time and which was fun and fine. But I noticed myself like also like getting really sensitive with things people were saying and getting like really hurt that this person didn't yeah. come or really this. And that's so unlike me. Yeah. And I was like, what is wrong with me? But then I was realizing, realizing it was because I was just looking at myself so much because that's the whole nature of the whole thing. Wow. And that's why I'm also so happy that this summer, so I direct this program for our diocese called Totus Duis, which is wonderful. And so I really have to like invest and pour into these 10 college students that I hire mm -hmm. that are missionaries all over the diocese. I'm so thankful I have that this summer because like two days a week, I just go to a parish and I just like love on these missionaries. And I'm not talking about my wedding. I'm not talking about myself. <laughs> I'm not thinking about anything that has anything to do with me. I'm just like pouring yeah. in and loving these these students that are just like, in this really important time in their life. Yeah. And I'm so thankful for it because yeah. it's the one thing that just keeps me like that and love good stuff. But like it keeps me so just like- Out of yourself. Out of myself. Yeah. I need it so bad. Yeah. I mean, I do think, you know, in the world of addiction recovery, this is one of the, the key steps mm. for people is to get out of themselves, to get out of their heads. Oh yeah, that was like a punishment for us as a kid. Like if we were being a brat, mm. my mom would make us go like a soup kitchen or make us do something. Yeah. Just because it's like, you're obviously just thinking about yourself. Like mm -hmm. you'll get over it once you like go spend time with other people. Well, it's funny too, because la last time around you were talking about how every step of the ways you've been discerning marriage with Garrett. Yeah. The question hasn't been... Oh, how does he make me feel? <laughs> and am I really deep down like happy? It's question, the question has been, am I being sanctified? Yeah. You know? So countercultural. Oh, that's intense. And I, I suppose it comes with the question that 
I would want to begin any conversation about dating with, which is how do you strike the right sort of tension or balance, if you want to call it that, of really being attracted and drawn to somebody and excited to be in a relationship with them. All the things you hope for by way of chemistry, you know. But then also having this real priority of, no, this person's actually going to make a saint out of me. Mm -hmm. Because there's plenty of people who I would put under the category of highly annoying. They're going to be great saint makers for anybody, you know. But it doesn't mean we should marry them, yeah. you know? I mean, someone's um, got to. I mean, maybe not. Doesn't well, maybe to. not. I, that's a good yeah. point. <laughs> but, um, you know, how, how have you kind of navigated those moments where the more traditional expectation, the Disney princess expectation is perfection or something? Yeah. And feels. Well, and mm. and yet you're, in that moment, maybe reckoning with some imperfection of Garrett's yeah. or some imperfection of your own and you're deciding to carry on anyways. Yeah. You know? Well, it's that's the thing I have realized how much our culture has so subtly lied to us about love. And like, I just want to go on quick tangent real quick. Let's do it. So I was watching this show the other day. It's called This Is Us. And if you if you watch This Is Us and you haven't gotten to the last episode, just I'm going to spoil it all for you right now. So I was so ticked off. This show's like fine. It's not that good. It's okay. People were a little obsessed with it for a time. I remember that. Yeah. I mean, like, it's fine. It's interesting. They have good character development. But, okay, so this is like the plot of the most recent episode. So basically, there's this one character who's like a movie star and he like couldn't get his life together. He's always wanted like marriage and family, but he just could never get it together and like messed up every relationship. Finally, he has this like one night stand with his sister's best friend. She gets pregnant with twins. And when she gets pregnant with twins, he totally like, for the first time in like five seasons, pulls his life together, like gets his job figured out, like completely commits to this family, like total change. It was so, it's like really beautiful character development. Eventually like proposes to this girl. It's their wedding day. They're about to walk down the aisle. And this girl like comes into the room before they're about to get married. And she's just like, are you in love with me? And he's like, I love our family. I'm committing to you. I would like want us to be together. We're going to be together for our whole life. Like I'm so committed. And he's like, obviously proven this. And she's like, but are you in love with me? Anyway, eventually she ends up leaving him at the altar because he's not in love with her. Wow. And I was so ticked because I was like, yeah. love is not this like feeling. It's just not like there's feelings involved in love. But it's not this, like, like, being in love with someone is not, like, you have to prove that. You have to show, like, and it's an it's an action. It's a doing word. It's, like, yeah. And you have to prove it by doing the things, mm-hmm. committing, loyalty. Like, all of these things are what love really is. Yeah. Like, that's what the Bible says, too. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. Like, those are the things that we should be striving for in love, not this, like, feeling. Yeah. And that, I realized— our whole relationship, we were just getting so confused about like, and we're like, we had to constantly realize like, wait, like we've been taught our whole life that we're supposed to like feel all this stuff or that it's supposed to like feel perfect or that it's just supposed to feel right. You're supposed to feel this like perfect peace. And it just, it's not reality. Mm. Like you, like I said on the last episode, like we just had to constantly, the only question that really brought us peace was like, are we sanctifying each other? Like, am I becoming more myself? Mm-hmm. Like, Am I becoming closer to Christ, like a better, just a better person with you? Mm-hmm. And like every time we would approach that question, it was just like the most obvious yes in the world. Yeah. <laughs> but like, just like so crazy. And yeah, so sorry, that was a little bit of a roundabout. Mm-hmm. But that's, I, I get very ticked about the way our culture has like. Rightfully so. Has really just like 
um, conditioned us to just think that love is something that it is very much not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yet it's it's ultimately this constant willing the good of the other. And giving, complete giving of self, like yeah. Christ on the cross. Like that's what we is said all throughout the Bible. Like that is the ultimate, that is what marriage is modeled after. It's mm-hmm. like literally Jesus on the cross. Like there's no good feelings involved in that. <laughs> yeah. Um, now Jesus, of course, was maintaining a beatific vision throughout all of that. Yeah. So he, yeah. He had a bit yeah, of an advantage. <laughs> that's true. Know, that's absolutely in true. His, in his suffering. Yeah. And I think you're like, and you said, you're right. There has to be like an element of chemistry and all that mm-hmm. stuff. But I think that's another thing that our culture has twisted us to think is that like a lot of times that does grow. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times I know a lot of girls that come home from dates and they're just like, I just wasn't feeling it. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. like that's fine. But like, I mean, I'll be totally honest. And he knows that like, I just definitely wasn't feeling it for like a few months <laughs> before that Garrett and I were dating. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, it had to grow and it did grow eventually. Yeah. But like, I realized very much like if I hadn't like kept going for it, even though I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, Why did you go for it? Because I, I think a lot of women and a lot of men for that matter, they kind of give up after the first date or two. Mm-hmm. If they even allow a first date without loads of feels. Emotion. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 almost pathetic how much we associate feelings with love. Yeah. And just the adrenaline rush, you know, which I suppose when you're in high school, there's something a lot of, you know, something very fun and exciting about it. Infatuation. You have can, a lot more feelings when you're in high school. I think that's part of it too. As you there's get a lot older, going on. <laughs> there's a lot more going on. And maybe that's such a developmentally important time that we begin to sort of associate those feelings mm-hmm. with how love should always feel, which is exactly why marriage doesn't last very long for most people. You yeah. Know? I think the thing that's important though, is that like the feelings are supposed to flow out of the companionship, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, even when we talk about like, the passions, like even like sexual attraction is there so that we'll have sex, if that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. because that's a beautiful thing mm-hmm. and it's not ever supposed to be like, it's not separated from that in a sense. And so like one thing that Garrett was really passionate about when we first started dating was like, just being very careful about like how much like we were being affectionate towards each other. Cause like he's very passionate. Like we need to have a deep companionship and the affection flows from that. Yeah. Not the, I think I, in a lot of relationships before I've done the other, like the other way around. I wanted mm. to like jumpstart that feeling of emotion. So we were like holding hands all the time and like attached to the hip all the time because uh-huh. I was like, I want to feel something. Right. Whereas like, no, that's not how it like. And then, fr- and then from those feelings, you get deeper and you get closer. Mm-hmm. And I've realized that like, it's actually really beautiful to do it the other way around. Just cool. like, get deeper, get closer, build this beautiful companionship and friendship. And mm. from that, you can have this like affectionate love that it's flows. It's a lot less intimidating too, by the way. Oh my gosh. It takes so much pressure off. So much pressure off. Yeah. And maybe that's the thing that I'm trying to driving at right now is that people put so much pressure on themselves, mm. on the other, to feel a certain way. You know, if not by the first date, at least by the second or the third date, it doesn't really allow for unorganic development of intimacy and affection over time you know yeah and like very healthy growth right like everything should be growing not like (laughs) yeah yeah i think a lot happened we think about that a lot with everything we Mm. want everything to be this like Mm -hmm. let's just jump start it i'm thinking again back to our conversation about you know prayer a few weeks ago yeah we we want every time we show up to pray to be this kind of ecstatic experience of God's love. Or we know? want to be able to pray like three holy hours in a row right. when I just learned how to pray yesterday. Or or even just a single holy hour with yeah. 
endless consolation, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or even like fasting. Like I thought yeah. like, oh, I'm going to fast really well this Lent and I'm not going to eat every Friday. Mm-hmm. And I realized like, actually you have to like bulge your way up to that. Like right. everything in life is this like gradual, beautiful growth that mm-hmm. flows and like the consolation will always, or the fruit of it will always flow from like the work that you put in, like yep. the slow, steady. And relationships are no different. Mm-hmm. And friendship is no different, but especially dating, like you just, it's this slow, like beautiful growth process. It's mm-hmm. not this like, wow. Yeah. And often so much of the grace flows in the in-between moments. Yeah. You know, maybe not when you're on the six-month anniversary date, no. if that is a thing, you know. We forgot about uh, our six months. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> like, a good thing, totally. you know. It, it's, it's all of, I've, I find this especially in, you know, the work of evangelization too, by the way. It's rarely in the programmed and yeah. sort of anticipated moments where grace flows. Mm-hmm. It's almost always in the unanticipated, the in-between. And yet, if, if not for those programmed moments, and that includes things like a daily holy hour or, or daily commitment to prayer, right? Then the in-between moments don't even they're not even possible. Yeah. You know, you're not even open to those encounters yeah. or those those graces, you know. So here I am kind of spiritualizing dating again. But tell me what you were thinking when you wanted to have a whole conversation about dating. You've been getting a lot of requests from our patrons. Or at yeah. least in our most recent survey, there was a There's like seven mm-hmm. people that said they wanted to know mostly on dating. It's mostly because first time we ever did this, it was Alana Boudreaux. <laughs> yeah. Putting me in the hot seat. Yeah. You're not, you're not I don't like really that. want to do that. Yeah. 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 You're kind. I don't think that's why people wanted it though. I think it's, a lot of people don't talk about it in a way that's just like mm-hmm. normal and natural. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's influencers out there who have made their entire careers on giving that's people true. dating advice. That's true. That's not or really that's, my. That's not our thing. Yeah. I, I would never listen to those kind of people. One thing though that was really helpful that my mom told me one time is that like, so like going back to this idea of like vocation is sanctification. Like that's the purpose of it. What so, does that word mean again? Sanctification. Sang- just becoming holier, becoming more a more integrated, better version of yourself. So I was talking to my mom and she was just saying like, she was just thinking about all of her friends who have pretty like solid marriages. And she's like, some of, like some people have hard marriages and some people don't. And that was what was really like mind blowing for me because like totally, totally honest. Once again, he knows this and- we're going to have a hard marriage. <laughs> like we will. We have very different personalities, like polar opposite personalities. And like the only thing that really like binds us that we have so much in common is our spirituality. Like our spirituality is like completely in sync and has just always been, thanks be to God. And not everybody's like that. Everybody's different. But my mom was telling me, she's like, yeah, I have a lot of girlfriends who like, they have like, their marriages are actually easy. Like it's just a breeze, but they have like, they get diagnosed with cancer really young or they have a kid with special needs or they have something that's, and it's like the Lord knows Mm. that every person is going to need a specific cross. Wow. And if your cross is not your marriage, like some people, their cross is not their marriage. And, but the Lord's, it's not like the Lord's like, oh, you get, you get the easy way to heaven. No, he's going to give you a different cross. Mm. And like, of course, we're never, we should never compare crosses because like everybody's different and the Lord has a different plan for each of us. But I think that was like so mind blowing mm. to me was just this like, I like, that's where my discernment needs to shift. It's like, what does the Lord want to do to me mm-hmm. to like give, what cross is he giving me and what like kind of fits for me yeah. and my personality. And for me, that's Garrett. <laughs> yeah. Garrett's my cross. But yeah, I just feel like no one ever talks about that. Like, 
and and not that it. Yeah, I also we need to be careful about sometimes talking about marriages across too because I know a lot of people that go into very bad like right. bad marriages because they're like, well, it should be hard. I'm like, well, it shouldn't be like unbearable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Which, yeah. yeah. No, there should be that deep. And- my my engagement's not unbearable. I promise. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's a there's a, a deep and abiding joy whenever we're of course in tune with God's will. You know. But that's a brilliant perspective that there's no escaping suffering Mm-mm. and that that's really the only way to sanctification. That's the only way to yeah. really becoming the fullness of who God has called us to be. You can't escape the cross. And people think marriage is to make you happy. Mm. Marriage isn't to make you happy. Marriage is to make you holy. Mm. And that's what people are so like shocked by. Yeah. Like I'm one of my friends the other day was just like shocked that I won't live with Garrett before we get married. Mm. She's like, but like, what if he does, what if he like throws his socks on the floor and does all these things that like annoy you? And I was like, well, I don't see marriage as a way to make me happy. Like marriage is a way to make me better. And if he throws his socks on the floor, I'm the one that throws socks on the floor. Let's be real. (laughs) But (laughs) like, that's going to make me holier. That's going to make me less selfish. Yeah. So when you think about our young listeners out there, maybe folks in high school or, Mm -hmm. or college and they're, they're navigating all of this, maybe for the first time yeah. or maybe for the first time very seriously, hoping and sort of leaning into the possibility of marriage. You know, what what are the top three to five priorities a young person should have in dating? And sometimes I hesitate to use the word discernment. You know, Von yeah. Balthasar says there's nothing to discern when it comes to marriage. Because mm-hmm. in a sense, everybody, you know, that's that's the natural sort of path for everybody. Interesting. And that, you know, only a supernatural calling like celibacy, priesthood, religion would actually require discernment. That's so interesting. Well, it is. And it's, that's a hot take. Yeah. And yeah. Probably a longer conversation than we can I have mean, in I five mean, I would say, I would use the word navigating through prayer. At least for sure. And, and. Because there's a lot of navigate. I, I like get where he's coming from. Discernment is to sift, right? Yeah. It's to sift through the options. And, you know, if, if you, if you sense that marriage is, is how the rest of your life is, is meant to unfold, then you're at the very least sifting through all the different possibilities. Oh, does he mean you're not discerning the vocation of marriage? You're not discerning who you're going to marry? I don't know. Because I I would say that's true about the first. Yeah. I I think he might go so far as to say there's nothing to discern, period. Interesting. Yeah. Because it's a natural vocation. Okay. Versus a supernatural. Yeah. But I I would definitely say the first. Like, you definitely don't need uh to, like, sit and be like, am I called to marriage? Right. Right. And I would push back on the second as well, though. Yeah. Okay. You would surely hope that people are tapping into graces of, yeah. of discernment. You yeah. Know? And like having just been through it too, there's just like a lot that you have to like prioritize and sift through, which totally. is kind of what we're talking about. Totally. You're asking the three or three to five top things you should like look for while yeah. you're doing that sifting process. I, I think, yeah. And, and and obviously, you know, the, the things that come to mind for me are, are sort of obvious. I, I'm thinking about even just the opening pages of Love and Responsibility. Yeah. By Pope St. John Paul II. He talks about attraction. He talks about to some extent, chemistry, you yeah. know? I think we don't usually move beyond those two things very often yeah. in sort of the secular notion of dating. Yeah. But sometimes on the flip side, you have very sincere Christians who never really move past kind of the the, the deeper stuff and then the dating just becomes such a like heavy, serious proposition. Yeah. But there's not even a thought about, oh, do we really have like some solid chemistry here? And yeah. can I see this person being my lifelong companion? Yeah. That's how... Pope John Paul II describes it in yeah. the jeweler shop, yeah. my lifelong companion, right? What are those top five priorities for you? I, I don't like the idea of a list of, yeah, yeah, of yeah. non-negotiables, but the things that you have looked for and finally found in 
Garrett, who you're yeah. about to marry. Um, I would definitely say you have to admire the person. Like mm. Really deeply Admiration. admire them. Mm. Like, And in a sense, like I want to be like you in a sense. That's cool. And that's actually something that our good friend Jamie O'Rourke taught me. Really? Because I was dating someone a while ago and like, I'm trying not to say too I've much. heard this before. The admiration is one of these things that just can carry yeah. any marriage. But that was one thing that Jamie told me. He was just like, if, when you're huh. with someone, like you're going to have to like obey him. Like there are moments when like you're not going to want to do something and he's going to really want it and you're just going to have to bend, but you're going to have to trust him. And if you can't like, trust him and admire him and like be like okay well I trust that you're wise and I like admire your virtue so like I'm gonna trust you if you can't do that then like it's gonna make it really hard hmm. so that's definitely that was one thing that was just, like was the most overwhelming for me at the beginning of our relationship like I just really deeply admired Garrett and like just really knew he was gonna be a great father and hmm. that's awesome so that's really huge. I think how you work through things and that takes a lot of that. You can't tell that at the beginning because you really do need to get to know someone before you can really like properly problem solve. I think a lot of times people after a first fight, they're like, this will never work when it's like your first fight's going to be awful no matter what, because you don't know how to problem solve with that person. So yeah. I think like, but I think that is something like if you can't properly work through issues together or if you both like suppress them or if you both just like mm. run from them, like they're probably not a good match for you because like that's just, yeah. It's too important. Be, yeah, it's just going to be hard. And then, and they can just like aligning on a, like your most core values for mm. us. That's faith. It's family. Those are really two, our two most core values. Mm. And then one thing our good friend Father Dan Maria Hill taught me. If you don't like him exactly the way the way he is, don't marry him. <laughs> like you cannot marry someone that you are hoping will change. Yeah. Even yeah. if it's like a slight thing, like, oh, once he becomes a father, he'll do this differently, I know. Mm. And it's like, well, no, you don't. Like, hopefully he will. That's great. And if he does change for the better, or she, if they change for the better, that's great. But you have to make sure that you can like, you don't have to like everything about them. You don't have to love everything about them. You don't have to understand or even know everything about them. Mm -hmm. But you do have to accept every single thing about them. Yeah. Like completely accept that person. Yeah. So that's another big thing I would say. This is great. So we got admiration, acceptance. The, a problem solving. This ability Good. to navigate problems and, and resolve conflicts, mm -hmm. you know, and then the value alignment. These are really good. Yeah. These are really, really good and and not at all what the world tells us we should be looking yeah. for, you know? And then I think that the thing I've said a million times, which is like, are you becoming a better person yeah. when you're walking alongside that person? Yeah. Yeah. A more deeper, fuller, integrated version of yourself. And I think people don't put enough emphasis in like some relationships work or they don't work. You know what mm -hmm, I mean? Mm -hmm. Like if you fight and it's really bad, but then you get through it and you're better at the end. It's like, obviously something's working. Yeah, yeah. And then like, but if you fight and yeah, like it's just interesting. Like I've had the same exact fight with people, with like guys I've dated before and like we broke up because of it. And then I've mm. had the same exact fight with Garrett, but then we just got through it. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's like, there's still the same problem there, but we're just able to get through it. Yeah. Which is just really different. It's awesome. Also not something that our culture says because our culture doesn't like conflict either. Yeah. Well, if I'm not mistaken, you're going to be on next week with one of our package artists, yeah. which is going to be great. There's a lot of announcements to come here in the months ahead, but you're only going to be on season six a couple more times, mm. at least as a contributor. So 
I'm looking forward to seeing where the conversation goes. As always, it's a privilege. Keep taking good care of Nashville in my absence, all right? Yeah, we'll do. We'll talk to you soon, Marisol. Thanks. He's at like a blue sky on a lazy Sunday morning Like an ocean breeze in Southern California Your favorite song coming on the radio He's at a line Like that climbing tree on old man Johnson's farm Like a newborn baby sleeping in You're listening to Easy to Love by Colm and Katrina. Oh my goodness, Colm and Katrina, how I miss them. That's the kind of thing that you just don't have much opportunity for in Tampa, where I now live in Florida, is meeting and befriending great artists, particularly from countries as exotic as Ireland. All right, Colm and Katrina, they are doing a lot of music together. They're collaborating like never before, really ever since getting married. And even before that, they began collaborating. And as with all the music that we feature on the podcast, it's all available on Spotify and Apple Music. And it makes a big difference, okay, to our artists when you go and not only stream these tunes, but save the albums, add them to your playlists. It makes a huge difference. So let's go support all of these artists, all of their songs. That's a huge part of what Love Good is about. And that's a huge part of evangelizing culture through beauty is bringing the right kind of music to the forefront of our lives and then exposing that to others as well. Y'all, next week, very, very exciting. Marisol is sitting down with one of our package artists, one of the artists featured in our fall package going out to patrons. That'll be a really fun interview. The only episode like it in this entire season. And that will also come with a big reveal of everything in this package. All right. The music, the books, the art, the apparel, the merch. These packages are awesome. I, I have to say, you know, clearly I'm a little biased, right? But the coffee in particular is something that I can never quite get enough of. The vinyl records. I mean, I more than ever listen to music on my vinyl record player. So much fun. And, you know, maybe you're not a bookworm like me, but there's nothing like a new book every few months to get excited about, inspired by. And then, you know, often in my case, I just start giving them away. And don't forget that. You can always head over to lovegoodculture.com slash store and buy individual books and vinyls and bags of coffee when available. We're always trying to get the word out about what we're doing and what we're about. But perhaps most importantly, we're trying to, to really help people be inspired by the beauty of great music, books, art, coffee, apparel, all these different things that we know can at the very least move the dial in people's hearts closer and closer to the Lord, to the faith, and ultimately to the truth of his love. That's what beauty does. Beauty leads us to the truth, inspires this life of virtue and goodness, and then transforms the world. That's really our part. Our part is then going out and transforming the world, being those saints that God is calling us to be, especially in these crazy times where there's so much confusion, so much despair. We need saints. So you guys know that I'm praying for that day in and day out. Please pray for me as well. Again, we'll be back next week and Marisol will be running the show as she interviews one of our package artists. In the meantime, nothing but love and prayers. Peace.
Thanks for listening to the Love Good Podcast. Share this episode link on social media, leave us a review, and join our movement today by subscribing as a patron at joinlovegood.com. You'll start enjoying our premium content and seasonal packages that not only raise your standard for music, books, and art, but that also inspire you to evangelize culture through beauty. We can't wait to accompany you as you change the world.